You're listening to Once, Episode 74, The Outsider. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast about ABC's TV show Once Upon a Time, and we're sponsored in part by Simul TV. More on that in a moment. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Jenny. We are so happy to have you listening to this and happy to have our live viewers and watchers. We are back on our regular schedule, so we are recording this live on Wednesday evening at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. That's GMT minus five at oncepodcast.com slash Live, we got a bunch of people in the chat room chatting it up and responding to us and interacting with us during the podcast. So, if you haven't made it out to a live show anytime, check it out, it's a lot of fun. You can also join us live on Sunday nights during the Eastern and Central Time airing of Once Upon a Time, as well as stick around for our live initial reactions. So, that starts at eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time, GMT minus five at oncepodcast.com slash live. Let's talk about this episode, The Outsider, which we had discussed, Jenny and I, in our initial reactions that maybe yes, The Outsider... Yes, we discussed ourselves. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe The Outsider was Bell. Maybe it was Hook. But really, I, I think I now we agree. We had other theories, too. Yeah, um, like August. Yeah, August maybe. But or, he wasn't in the. Well, I mean the title. That yeah. is who is the title describing? And we didn't see the person the title is describing. That's yeah. my vote. Yeah, it seems <sighs> that um, probably it is that person at the very end who is the outsider in the, the car. Pennsylvanian. Yes, Pennsylvanian. And uh, IKMC wrote in saying, I think the outsider is the driver who crashes into Storybrooke at the end. In my opinion, this has nothing to do with Hook being new to the town or Belle losing her memory or her fairy tale self. Throughout the episode, we see the residents worried about outsiders coming in from the real world and wanting to return to their land. He crashed into a huge mossy rock. (laughs) Did you notice that? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's that guy is probably... The Outsider. Whoever so I think that should is. be our nickname for him until we know who he is. The Outsider. The like, Outsider. We called August The Stranger, <laughs> which is awesome that they named an episode then The Stranger. Yeah. And we've called Neil Mystery Man for a while. Oh, yeah. Now we know his name, at least. And now some of his story. Now we call him Neil Fire. <laughs> or and whatever. So That's whoever this is, I mean, it could end up being August... Or Neil. or Neil or someone else completely different. I think it's going to be someone else completely different. But whoever it is, I think we should call <laughs> him the outsider. Mm-hmm. And it is definitely a him. Is it? Yes. The- because of the way he was driving or... <laughs> Daniel literally... Because it wasn't a chick car. Was like pausing it every second. And he found the driver's hand and the arm and the shoulder. And it looks like a man's Could hand, a arm, and shoulder. Driver. Yeah, it's... Well... Yeah, but usually they at least use a male or female to play the part of a stunt driver. Yeah. Like, could have been a stunt dummy. <laughs> usually, stunt people are either a man or a woman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually they you know carry the same gender across whoever the stunt person. Unless is it's covering a dark for. 
car on a dark night and you're not supposed to see <laughs> them at all. Crashing into a rock that has moss on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mossy rock. Mossy rock. <laughs> I wonder if that was a guy or a girl. <laughs> Uh, the, mossy the mossy rock. rock. The mossy rock was the outsider. <laughs> that used to be across the town line. <laughs> anyway, uh. let's start our discussion <laughs> with talking about enchanted forest with the Yagwai. Yagwai. Yagwire. Yagwire. Yagwai. Yagwire. There's no R on the end. Yeah. Yes, there is. No it's Y A U G U A I. And there was a 1,000 gold piece reward for it. Uh, and Belle um, was there in that tavern. Now, this scene, everything in this episode happens squeezed into the events of the episode Skin Deep and are also happening somewhat simultaneously as the events of Dreamy. Yeah. So, several episodes going on at the same time. So this is helpful for the timeline. Yeah. So, this was after Belle left Rumple that last time. So now we know when we first saw Belle in the tavern in the episode Dreamy, that that was, well, just the day before this episode starts happening. But also, um, it was uh, when Belle left that last time, when Rumpel kicked her out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Um, it was the day after she saw Dreamy in the tavern. Right. And before we saw Hook break into the tower. <laughs> Right, yeah, yep. so it, it happens before that. Yep. Uh, probably several months or maybe even a couple. No, it, it would have to happen a couple of years because we counted those scratches, or I did. Oh. And it added up to at least three and a half years. Of course well, you counted were, the scratches. Of course you did. <laughs> assuming they were all her scratches. Yes. Yeah. Which they might not have been. Yeah. Um, also, it's probably right before Regina went and told Rumpel that yeah. Belle was dead. Well, I, oh, I right. have a theory about that. What's your theory, Jenny? I think, I think Regina might have paid him a visit before this and saw how crushed he was mm. about losing Belle and then was like, like made a whole plan on the fly and told him this stupid story just to see how much she meant to him. And then, hmm. when she saw his reaction, she went and grabbed Belle. That could be. Well, the reason... Because she never does anything, you know, because... Or out of, like, planning ahead. Like, she just she just does everything. She's a bit impulsive. She's very impulsive. Hmm. Well... So the, that's a theory. A reason I think that couldn't be is the event she describes at the end of the episode Skin Deep. She describes all of this stuff that could only happen over longer periods of time. She said that Belle went home and was an outcast, and even her own father rejected her until she finally committed suicide. That's not enough to happen in just a couple days. I mean, that's too much to happen in just a couple days. So I think... I think it's afterwards. Yeah, I think Regina is saying that because she has Belle, and she wants to just torment Rumpel and make Rumpel think that Belle is dead, so that... As Regina said in a couple episodes ago, uh, in the Queen of Hearts, she said that Belle is a pawn. And I think Regina grabbed Belle just as a, I might need this mm. kind of thing. Mm. But Poor Belle. Referring back to um, <laughs> Queen of Hearts, remember Claude, who, you remember Claude? <laughs> 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 Whom Hook had killed. 
Well, he is in this episode, not just at the end. Remember when uh, Regina caught Belle, she said, you should have treated your companions You more. should treat your, com- your yeah. traveling companions better. Right, Claude? Yeah, and, it, and that was the same guy. It was. And he's throughout the episode. In fact, he was even called by name near the beginning of the episode. He and he doesn't speak. Um, he doesn't. I noticed this time because, yeah, because I knew who he was. Claude, the silent character. Right. Wow. Yeah, I, I guess he doesn't speak. But uh, it was neat to see him. And then I think, I, I wonder, did anyone catch it the first time that it was actually I Claude? I didn't. You did. No, the, the first time. You, I, you did, I Like you? watching the episode through, I didn't realize it was Claude until the very end. Oh. But I'm saying like the first oh. time watching it. Because we did see him. We saw his face. We saw his profile. Okay. And we even heard him called by name on the wagon. Who would recognize him without a hook, <laughs> hook stuck in his neck? Yeah. Or on some kind of gurney. Ew. Ew. Yeah. I wonder if Belle ever got her reward. I don't know. 1,000 piece, uh, gold piece gold. Roll reward. I wonder if she ever got it. They're probably like, that's some story. <laughs> We're not paying you. Yeah, they probably like... Expect her to bring in the Yao Guai, whatever, his head. She probably didn't because the night that she solved this mystery, she was then taken prisoner by Regina. Regina. So probably Claude or the guy who was with Claude kind of led the group, got the reward. Belle could have gotten rich and Mm -hmm. it's all Regina's fault. Yeah. Or Claude's fault for turning Belle in. But Claude, or not Claude, Belle (laughs) was really heroic in this episode in so many ways. And she described to Dreamy uh, why she's taking these actions. I've always dreamt of heroics, but I think it's safer I stick to my books. They're the only adventures I know that have happy endings. Maybe this one will have one too? I, uh, I doubt it. Last time I faced a beast, it it didn't end well. She's not really sticking to her books by being in the bar every night, but you know. (laughs) um, That's a real safe and quiet place to read. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because right before either the day that this aired or the day before, my nieces were watching Beauty and the Beast. Hmm. And I was watching part of it and thinking... Gosh, Bill's supposed to be a little smarter than what we've seen and a little more daring, maybe, hmm. than what we've seen so far in Once Upon a Time. And then this episode came on. I was like, that's better. <laughs> well, yeah. I think she was daring from the beginning. because She was, but it was sort of like her big thing was the Beauty and the Beast story. Just, I'll go with them. And so here we see her doing more things and actually using her intelligence hmm. and using her ability to read different languages apparently and to do something a little more adventuresome. I thought it was funny that dreamy encouraged her to, it's like, I'm going after love. You should definitely go after this beast. (laughs) (laughs) Just do it. It's the same thing. (laughs) Ellie active in the chat room reminds us of the lyrics from Disney's beauty and the beast. I want adventure in the great wide somewhere. Mm hmm. That's Yeah, I, I forgot about that. That's cool. Um, and I think we see, if we go back and rewatch Skin Deep, I think we'd see some of Belle's adventurous side because she did take on the monster 
and want to prove that the monster wasn't a monster. And um, I think she willingly uh, sacrificed to be able to save her family and, uh, and that. So I think we could go back and rewatch Skin Deep and see some of the th- same ideas and perspective from Belle come out. Belle looked really awesome in this episode. It's kind of an insignificant note, but <laughs> she looks really awesome in this episode. Like she's looked her best. How did she get her adventure garb? I don't know. She had no luggage before or after, but suddenly, <laughs> even though these guys that she jumped on the cart with didn't even pay any attention to her, they clearly didn't stop in some village and be like, okay, you go find yourself a nice adventure outfit. We'll be waiting. <laughs> Later, we're going to kick you off the cart, but right now, we just want you to go find something nice and come back. <laughs> so I was a little confused by that, but, you know, maybe she did have luggage somewhere. It, it could have been something like she went through the village saying... I'm going to help slay a monster who can help me with <laughs> well, she uh, did have really a really stylish garb. <laughs> she had a bag, so she could have had some extra clothes in there. It was her book bag, but yeah, a small mm-hmm. case. She could have had some clothes in there, or she could have just bought some right yeah. there. True, because we don't know how much time was I'll pay between. You back with my winnings. <laughs> <laughs> We're off to get the beast. You know, after we feed the horses. <laughs> <laughs> so Dreamy saw her again, and he gives her this fairy dust. That uh, is very easy to understand how Dreamy got it because, like, he, maybe um, he knows someone on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, so he is uh, someone on the inside. Uh, maybe oh, Nova gave name? Nova. Yes, gave him some. Maybe he's skimming a little off the top, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> or just scoops him off off the ground. But he <laughs> describes it interestingly. I've seen what magic does to people. You've seen what dark magic does. Fairies use this for good. How would he know? How would he know what kind of magic she's seen? Well, um, she didn't tell him anything about dark magic. The, How would he know? The way she describes it. Because for someone to respond that way to the idea of magic seems like they've had a bad experience with it. So he's probably just getting the idea from that of, oh, you must have seen dark magic. Because it's very common in their land to see both kinds of magic. So if she has an aversion to it like that. But uh, I know a lot of people still think that Blue Fairy is evil in some way. <laughs> Why? She's the Blue Fairy. I mean, She's not evil. Gosh. She threw fairy dust at Regina. <laughs> She's just the Blue freaking Fairy. She's not even as important, <laughs> apparently, as I thought she was once. There's no even reason for her to be evil. There's just not. Right. But I, I do believe that Blue Fairy is good. And like she said back in the episode, Dreamy, that they use the fairy dust to bring light to the land. And happiness, like, happiness. Joy. Yeah. Good things. Love you know, and puppies laughter. and such. Good things. Yeah. So mm, I, I, think it's, I think it's understandable. Good fairy dust from a good fairy. <laughs> it doesn't turn people into cockroaches <laughs> that they might be stepped on. It turns monsters back into people, and that's good. Mm-hmm. And maybe some episode we'll get to see that fairy dust makes people fly when they <laughs> think of happy things. That's maybe. just fairies. Oh, no. that. Peter Pan. That's what also I'm little about. children Pixie and dust. dogs. <laughs> and Hook. And Hook. 
Occasionally. <laughs> well, speaking of things that make people happy, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, <laughs> Simul TV, because they make us happy, and I think they will make you happy too. They have this fantastic service that is really awesome. Jenny and I got to try this ourselves at uh, New Media Expo recently, and here's the situation you might face. Your families are spread out across the United States or maybe even across the world, but you guys want to watch the same things together because it's so much fun to huddle together on the couch and watch a sports game or a movie or a TV show, something like that. Experience it together. We do that with Once Upon a Time. We enjoy watching it together because we can elbow each other on the sides or we can say, hey, did you see that? Or ask each other quick questions, although a rule in our house is no talking the first time. But we have other, I don't obey that rule. We have <laughs> other great moments, and especially if you don't obey that rule either, or you just love seeing people's jaw <laughs> drops at certain points, or you love seeing them cheer at certain points, then Simul TV <laughs> is for you. If you ever want to watch anything with someone else, Simul TV is for you, because it's the next evolution in social television. It was designed to make it so that you can connect with other people to watch the same entertainment no matter where you are and no matter where they are. It's this global platform where any kind of web-enabled device like a smartphone, a tablet, a computer, a smart TV, anything like that can connect, watch these shows, and share picture-in-picture so you can see the people that you're watching the shows with no matter where you are in the world. Your family and friends It can be like in the same living room with you, but digitally. You see their faces on the screen. They see your faces. It's a fantastic experience that I've gotten to use, and it's a lot of fun, too. So you can simultaneously watch the thing and chat either in a text message or video chat about your favorite television show, your sports teams. You can virtually jab each other in the sides when your sports team wins and the other team loses or anything like that. It's so much fun and has great integration with Facebook and Twitter and other popular social networks. So social uh, comes to TV finally with Simul TV. Check it out at oncepodcast.com slash Simul TV. That's S-I-M-U-L TV. Oncepodcast.com slash Simul TV so that you can test drive the next evolution in entertainment. It provides this really fun network and it's a very fast growing network uh, that uh, will continue to add more content focusing first on family friendly content that stuff that you and your family and friends will enjoy but there will be many more programs added to it very soon like comedy and action independent music 24 7 live sports coverage even anime and other niche topics will be on this if you don't see something on simul tv contact that network that provides that and tell them, I want to watch you on Simul TV. Please get involved. So please test drive Simul TV for absolutely free by going to oncepodcast.com slash Simul TV. That's S-I-M-U-L TV. Oncepodcast.com slash Simul TV to test drive the next evolution in entertainment. Thank you so much, Simul TV, for your support. And really, guys, you got to check it out. It's really cool. I'm not just saying it because they're a sponsor. It's a cool service. Check it out. Oncepodcast.com slash Simul TV. And thank you for your support. All right, let's move on talking about Enchanted Forest. Um, I was surprised Bell can translate Chinese. And that is Chinese. 
Chinese characters, uh, I've received confirmation from several people. I don't write or speak Chinese, but uh, these were Chinese characters used throughout, which makes sense because this is around a Chinese village. Mulan is a Chinese character, Chinese legend. And uh, even the book title, uh, Bell's Book, I took a screenshot where it showed all of the um, characters. And I shared this on Twitter to try and get someone's help to translate this. And by the way, I'll have a screenshot in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 74. But the name of the book is The Notebook for Tracking the Beast. <laughs> or another translation is a Notebook for Tracking the Yaguai, Why does which it is e- translated beast. Why does it surprise you that Belle can read a Chinese? It, it's just kind of odd. That she can not just read it, but she said translate it. So it's not one of those things like we hear them speaking in English, but she they really write books. in a different language. Yeah, but Chinese. She's she smart. loves books. <laughs> Chinese is in books. <laughs> yeah, Learning how true. to read and translate Chinese is in books. <laughs> but um, thanks to Anne, uh, Marie, and Michael for helping with that translation. And Michael is actually Taiwanese. And he, so he could easily tell us what those characters translated to. And um, we see those Chinese characters throughout, including later the save me or help me that the beast writes. Did you notice where else we saw that? No. When they looked out at the field and the beast was running in the field in the dark after Bell <laughs> had tracked it, the beast was carving or burning into the field those Chinese characters also. I was wondering. I was wondering. You should grab a screenshot of that. Yes. There will be a screenshot. Oncepodcast.com slash 74. The cave looked man-made to me, Mm -hmm. which I thought was interesting. It looked identical to what was in the book. He's a man (laughs) in a monster's body. Did he make it? Maybe he made the cave. possible he did. What I find interesting about the monster thing is so he's this creature that Maleficent cursed him to become this creature. But apparently these creatures are not new. Well, yeah, they, she must if have there's just, a book about them. Yeah. I was just thinking that she must've made him into something that exists mm-hmm. just like dragons. Yeah. Also right. exist. She likes fire breathing things. It's a kind of a recurring <laughs> theme with her, her yeah. fire in general things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's very true. Shelly's fire. She's a she's a pyro. I I love how these last couple episodes they've been taking familiar phrases from Once Upon a Time and surprising us with them. Like last time it was when David had the toast in the last episode he said, Here's to not having to look for a while. Oh yeah. And in this episode Wait. You're a oh! Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, and she really needs to find a helmet that stays on. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's all that hair. <laughs> it's the poof. <laughs> she didn't have a poof this episode. That's what was different. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, true. She, she looked better, and her attitude even got better toward the end. It At did. first, it was kind of, oh gosh, Mulan again. But yeah. then she was she was enjoyable she by was- the end. Likeable. Well, very true, though, to her character. She talks about the warrior spirit, and she served in the emperor's army and had to prove her warrior spirit, which she describes in this clip. There was once a time 
When people didn't think that I had what it took either, but I proved them wrong. How? By showing them that I had the warrior spirit. <laughs> Once I found something worth fighting for, I fought for it with everything that I had. I never gave up. Except now I'm giving up <laughs> because I didn't tend to my leg wound. And book girl, go kill it. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what is it that Mulan found that was worth fighting for? Hmm. I mean, honor. You, yeah, you could say it was just something like that honor, a principle like honor or her country or freedom. Well, she was fighting for her dad, remember, in the, in the uh, Disney story. She was fighting for her dad. Yeah. Because her dad didn't have any sons and her dad was pretty old and she went and fought for him because she's a youngster and she can do that. I've seen that. <laughs> Oops, I spoiled it for you. Yep. No, I'm kidding. Everybody dies. Everybody. Oh my Everybody. Gosh. It's okay. I spoiled the ugly duckling <laughs> in the last podcast. Yeah. <laughs> such a twist at the end. I can't believe you would spoil the ugly duckling. Oh, um, I just saw Dachshund in the chat room just said, I thought she was fighting for the 100 gold pieces. Oh. So I wonder, I wonder if, well, if uh, 1, she... 1,000, but... She was probably... Well, I don't know, she, I know. Did, she did say that she was trying to rid the, her village of this terror yeah so she's trying to be a hero and or not necessarily trying to be a hero but hero but she's protecting her village she's an adventurer protecting others but she said what she referred to in that warrior spirit was talking about when she was working for the emperor fighting in the emperor's army yeah so uh, i'm thinking it's something more like freedom or protecting her country or protecting her family something like that maybe it's emperor cusco <laughs> <laughs> funny if they brought him in (laughs) that would be funny so the monster was actually if we see llamas we'll know (laughs) um and a really old lady (laughs) demon llama demon llama anyway (laughs) the monster being philip that was a turn that i don't think any of us saw coming unless we might have carefully read the credits but i don't know if Prince Philip's name showed up in the credits. Jamie Chun, who plays Mulan, was in the credits, but clearly because she was a major character. So uh, the thing about Philip, he said that Maleficent was an evil sorceress determined to do everything in her power to keep Philip and Aurora apart. True story. (laughs) So uh, I think at this same time was also when Maleficent managed to put Aurora, or close to... No, actually, I take that back because Aurora Aurora. said she was asleep for, she thought, about a year. Yeah. And according to Belle's markings in her room, in her tower cell, if those were all her scratches on the wall, then this happens about three and a half years before the curse. Okay. So. Maybe. I would have assumed that Maleficent cursed them both cursed aurora and then did that to him so that he couldn't kiss her Hmm. and they'd both just be like that Hmm. yeah well i mean the three and a half year gap now i think is enough time for mulan and philip to fight their mini battles together as he referred to in the episode broken oh yeah yeah and while they're searching for aurora did not like the way mulan was looking at philip i know (laughs) she's like i've been hunting you for weeks 
I've been trying to kill you. I, I You're got a, a guy. <laughs> I, got, I got a picture in my mind a minute ago of Man. if Aurora weren't asleep and she knew that Philip was cursed of her trying to break that curse with true love's kiss. Oh my. I'm not sure how that would have gone. I don't know either. <laughs> well, we know that the true love's kiss thing has to be mutual. And yeah. well, he was saying like save me. He yeah. might be like mm, which it seems <laughs> <laughs> she would have burned yeah. her face. They have to put him out first. Yeah. Yeah, so um Philip as the monster was trying to warn the villagers, warn them about what? Maleficent? Um, or about himself them, or well probably <laughs> i don't know maybe he had some certain instincts as the monster that he mm. might hurt them yeah he, he's burning save me into the valley so he's trying to communicate right but then still he ran after yeah her when maybe. she called now maybe that wasn't too, but he was jumping mm-hmm so maybe there are certain things he can't control. Maybe well. he was trying know. to like run up to her and like tell her like, help, I'm a man, but nobody understood. So I was like, right. kill it. Right. Yeah, I mean, Sorry, you, I don't Sorry. speak. When, when you think about a person who is desperately trying to convince someone else of something and now turn that person into a monster and it will look like that monster is trying to attack a person. Yeah. So it's it's understandable. I can't help that, that I'm scary. Think. I really need help. <laughs> Puzzled in the chat room saying, "Help! I'm on fire." <laughs> yeah. It looked like when she extinguished his flames that that actually really wounded him. Yeah, like in some way the flames were part of his energy. Yeah, part of what keeps him alive, or part of what keeps him <laughs> deranged in a way, like beast-like. Yeah, but. Or he was moping because he's like, gosh, if I've got to be a monster, at least I can be a, f- a like a monster that's on fire because yeah. that's awesome. Now I'm just ugly. He's got two things going against him when he's when he's trying to approach people to ask for their help. One, he's a monster, and two, he's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so Maleficent was really thorough when she created him as a monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Anything else to say about Enchanted Forest? Oh, well, there's the whole thing. Uh, yeah, I just realized. Um, the whole thing that Belle was saying that um, her wanting to fight for Rumple as Regina is trying or is putting Belle in prison, taking her to the tower. Belle says this. I, I can save him. Just let me go to him. I... I can break his curse. You already tried and failed. That monster's beyond saving. I'm sparing you a lifetime of pain and misery. You you can't keep us apart forever. I'll fight for him. I'll never stop fighting for him. Do you realize that's a lot like what Gaston did in the Disney animated version? He threw her into... Into the back of a like a, a jail oh, um, yeah. wagon, and Chip had to rescue them. Oh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I was thinking that's a lot like shouting. I will always find. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I'm so glad she didn't. I'd be like, hey, <laughs> this line is not yours. <laughs> take it. Why? Why did Belle feel like she had to plead with her like that? Like she had failed her in some way. Was there a conversation between the two of them that we didn't get? I don't think so. Just that conversation. I think it was just to be um, let go, maybe. 
Yeah, but yeah. it was more than just, you know, you can't imprison me. I'm a free person. Let me go. It was it was like trying to convince her that she can accomplish this task that Regina had expected her to do. Yeah. Maybe well, her only bargaining chip because she had figured out from mm-hmm. her, we'll call it a conversation with Rumpel, that <laughs> Regina wanted that to happen. So right. she was just grasping at straws like, uh, you want this to happen. I can still do it. So don't. We both want this, actually, so yeah. let me go back to him. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but no. I don't get why Regina took her like that. I mean, I know she's a bargaining chip, and like she said, also a pawn. Mm-hmm. But Belle was on a mission to break Rumpelstiltskin's... Well, Rumpelstiltskin's... <laughs> cur- okay. Rumpelstiltskin's curse. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um. So why did she why did she get in in Belle's way? I don't get it. Because Belle was on a mission. I think because she realized that hey, I could use this later on if I convince Rumple that Belle is dead, and then I say I keep Belle here in my castle. I might be able to use this later on for something, which we see Regina never actually got to do because Jefferson released Belle from the asylum. I, th- uh, I think Regina means a lot of what she says, even when she's being like she is though she says that she failed she probably means she probably just doesn't think she can do it she may even partially somewhere believe that she really is sparing bell some kind of pain yeah Uh, she's definitely got a distorted opinion of events so why not be yeah all messed up she is yeah she's messed up yeah and as aaron J says in the chat yeah, Regina is literally the definition of a sociopath. Lacks empathy, psychopath. Hi, or psychopath. Yeah, uh, <laughs> highly impulsive, glib, and superficial. The clinical definition. Sociopath is what Emma called Regina. Yeah, she's yeah. both. Yeah, anything that ends in path, probably <laughs> Regina is kind of it. <laughs> what I don't get is why Regina needed Claude. She has hundreds of guards, unless she lost them all in that recent battle. I think Claude could have been working for Regina to begin with, and maybe just decided to go out on this little escapade. Yeah, but she captured him. She had him in, you know, ropes. She she bound him to take him. Yeah. Yeah. Claude and his partner. Claude's not that complicated. I didn't think he looked bound. She captured him. And his traveling buddy. Claude's all about dangling girls over wells, <laughs> getting hooks stuck in his neck, yeah. and things like that, and never saying a word. Yeah, because Claude... Um, I'm pretty sure Claude was, was taken against to his, his will. Horse, along with the other guy next to his horse. Mm. So I don't Eventually, know. he figured out a way somehow, without talking, to be like, Regina, <laughs> I can serve you well. Just... You can keep me in prison, but let me guard the prison. Mm -hmm. And I'm not probably going to do that right when a pirate comes in. But, you know, we won't talk about that. Do you think she found them and asked them where Belle is? And then was like, come with me. Or or maybe found them and said, have you seen this girl? I'll offer you a handsome reward if you'll... you'll Not a pretty reward? (laughs) (laughs) I almost said something like that. (laughs) It's all about the attractiveness of the reward. So now we know that missing piece of how Belle was captured and taken to Regina's castle and kept for, we assume, these three and a half years at least. It's crazy that Claude was was 
um, enlisted to protect Belle. Yeah. <laughs> unless, it's kind of ironic. Unless he always was working for the queen. Or always trying to protect Belle. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else about Enchanted Forest before we move on? He was trying to whisper, I'm not really going to drop you in the well, Belle. I love you, but I like you. he couldn't talk. Anyway. No. Nothing. Okay, big thanks to David Newland and Jed Anderson for sponsoring this episode of One's Podcast. We really appreciate your support because uh, I'm I'm seriously thinking I need to upgrade our server again. Uh, last Sunday, we had the second highest number of visitors. Actually, no, it was Monday, the day after Once Upon a Time aired. We had the second highest number of visitors on our site, which uh, served out over 30,000 pages, unique pages uh, to thousands of unique visitors on one day. And people were emailing me saying, why is the site so slow? Well, I think I need to feed the server some more dollar bills. So David (laughs) Newland. It's a good way to put it. (laughs) David Newland and Jed Anderson, thank you so much for supporting this episode of One's Podcast. Because by server, he means Yaogwai. And it eats dollar bills and feeds or serves up web pages. When his fire goes out, the server slows down. The website loads slowly. But uh, thank you so much for your support, David and Jed. We really appreciate it. You guys have been longtime supporters, as have been many others, too. So we really appreciate the support. And any, if, if any of the other listeners out there would like to sponsor an episode with us and be like co-producers of this podcast with us, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. Let's move on to talking about Storybrooke. Right from the beginning, we see Rumpelstiltskin pulling Smee out of his trunk and Rumpelstiltskin's license plate is 34K6EX. Uh, okay. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but <laughs> thought I'd share that anyway. Uh, we'll talk more about the uh, Outsiders license plate in a little bit. But it was interesting that Smee's most treasured possession was his red cap. Of course it is. His mother or grandmother? His mom. Somebody. Yeah. It was his mom. He did say mother. Mom. Okay. Mom. I thought he said grandmother, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So, (laughs) um, it's grandmother. The chat room is no. It's mother. So you're all wrong. (laughs) He he gets to be the one, but I wonder now. Even though he's a rat, later can he still leave Storybrooke? He needs his hat. How can a hat? How well, that, can a hat help a little that is, a mouse, a rat? Yeah, he can't I even know pick it up. What is Smee's fate? But um, somebody's going to step on him. I don't know why a rat him. needs to leave Storybrooke, honestly. But that is going to be the big question: is once you've got across the line once, mm-hmm. does the stinking thing, or I mean, sorry, your most prized possession, <laughs> does that thing, that enchanted thing, still protect you? And right. looks like it if does. Gold doesn't know, he can't test it again mm-hmm. unless he, you know, finds the rat, turns it back into Smee, puts his hat and shoves him across the line again. Fine. That might tell him. But he but Gold came back across the line. He did. With Bell. Right. So yeah, is the hat like a an inoculation? So now he doesn't or the, rather the shawl, or in Smee's case, the hat. It's so a state line jumper. <laughs> or, or, or is it something line. like, is it some kind of protective item that he has to wear whenever he's outside of Storybrooke? If that's the case, I mean, I really think... 
They can't ever wash it. I, I really think <laughs> that Rumple is going to cross the line again and leave Storybrooke. And maybe a couple people cross the line who are able to August, Emma, um, Regina, maybe uh, Cora, uh, who knows. But will Rumple have to always keep the um, the shawl? I think so. Rumple's girl in the chat room is correcting him and saying it's a, it's a talisman well, yeah. is what Rumple still yeah. called it. Know what the whole implication of that particular term might be. I don't think we're going to get to see him try to leave super soon. You know what I think is interesting? Hmm. He's going to have to go to the fairies to get them to fix Belle. Could be. He's going to but... have to go to the hospital first. <laughs> yeah. To the hospital? Well, oh, yeah. She yeah. has been shot. But he's going to have to come to the fairies, whom <laughs> he hates, I mean, honestly, to have them help, um, help Belle with her memories. Yeah, maybe. Probably. Yeah, because that's how they're going to fix Leroy. I mean, not Leroy. Did they say that? Because I forget. Sneezy's name? Sneezy. Um, uh, Mr. Clark. Yeah. They're going to use the fairy dust to help fix Mr. Clark. It's Mr. taking Clark. them a long time, and I'd like to know about what his life in the town of Crazies has been like. <laughs> but they've got a big mess. There's like a car accident <laughs> and an outsider and Belle, who doesn't know she's Belle, and she's shot. Yep. And it's getting messy. Yeah, it's really messy right there. And I think they just need to call the police. <laughs> and by that, I mean Emma. And maybe some fairies. <laughs> well, you know, in our initial reactions, I had shared that I suspected Gold was going to actually pour the potion on Belle. <laughs> I know. That, like, she would be his talisman. But, it's like she's kind of a person and not a thing. Yeah. Gold's description specifically says an object. Mm-hmm. And here's how he describes the potion. When I pour this potion onto the object I hold most dear, that object becomes a talisman and allows me to cross the timeline and still remember who I am. So it's an object and not a person. And uh, He just said it allows him to cross the line and remember who he is. Yeah. It doesn't say... He didn't say, as long as I have this, I'll remember who I am when I'm outside of town. Right. It's just a matter of getting across that barrier curse, which is still in place. Yeah. So if it's a one-use thing, then he's done. Yeah, or or it might be something he has to have whenever he crosses the line, but just when he crosses. I think it's it's that one. I think it's reusable. I want to think it's reusable. And I think... Yeah, he'll we'll see him use it again. They made a big focus on him stepping back across the line with her that's mm-hmm. just to make us question and it'll drive us Probably. crazy until we know they're <laughs> <laughs> gonna make us wait and make us crazy <laughs> we've got some great feedback on that which we'll get to in a little bit on like what about his crossing the line and bell's condition <laughs> and all of that but i want to go back to the beginning of this episode when bell goes into the library mm-hmm. and we see the elevator there and i'd always wondered was the elevator still there did they hide it again i know but we'd never seen that wall Right. since yeah. the finale of season one. It's a very decorative wall. Yeah, with all the mirrors in the shape of the storybook tree. And yeah, sure enough, the elevator is there. Well, Hook was reading a red and black book, or red binding on a book, and I couldn't read the title very well, but it looked like the title said Blood Red something. Hmm. It looked like it had four words, and the first two, it looked like were blood red. 
and the other two I could not tell at all, <laughs> which I thought was very interesting for Hook to be reading a book about blood red. He's a pirate. He likes blood. He does. <laughs> <laughs> and Captain Hook wears a lot of red, the traditional Captain Hook. And, and Smee does, too. And Smee does, too. <laughs> but the library is opening soon. Yes, and I believe that at some point last year, I predicted that. Not under these circumstances, mm-hmm. maybe, but I predicted the library would open sometime. Good job. Thanks. And, <laughs> and I hope I'm right that I predicted that. <laughs> at this point, though, is Bell going to be involved, or maybe will the library opening be part of Bell's remembering things? Because now, realize, if she lost her memory, she won't remember the library. Right. I have a feeling she'll get her memory back relatively quickly. Maybe. But does she still like books as her storybook self? Mm. Well, I'm. I mean, if she'll be know. back to her real self soon, then she'll be okay. Yeah. I don't if know. If she goes back to her her storybook self, she'll be like, "What am I doing out of my room? <laughs> <laughs> Take me back to the basement. Take me back to it's my room. All I know. Quite honestly, it's so open here. I need my rooms. I need my padded walls." A couple of our <laughs> listeners, Sarah and Ricky, sent in uh, some screenshots and great observations for us that Hook's hand has been in Mr. Gold's shop. We see it in this episode. When he's on the phone with Belle, one of the wide shots, you can see the hand Ew. in the background. Seriously? It's standing up. There's a hand standing That's up. That's nasty. It, it's probably Hook's hand. Is it painted? Uh, no. But... Um, <laughs> It's it's definitely there, and I'll have a screenshot in the <laughs> show I'd notes ask. <laughs> at oncepodcast.com slash 74. But then the other spot, that was Sarah that pointed that out, but also Ricky pointed out that in the episode Skin Deep, in one of the scenes where Belle is bringing the tea out on the tray, there's a uh, a little podium or a little stand in the background, like we saw in Rumpel's dining hall that he has all of these little things. Well, there's a stand with a hand on it. How did Ew. we not talk about that when we reviewed know. that episode? Seriously. Well, because back then we had no idea what that was. But we, we looked at everything in that we room. We might have mentioned it. I feel Maybe like we, we might have mentioned there's a hand, but didn't talk about it. <laughs> so well, he's got a hand. Let's move on. <laughs> but uh, so awesome that they planted that way back then mm-hmm. and then planted it again. And I feel like we might have seen the hand again in Rumpel Shop at some other point in season two, or maybe even season one. I was wondering about a different object. What object? Um, the the knot that Hook had with him. I was like, why would he have a knot with yeah. him? Yeah. But I I looked it up on um, Wikipedia, and I found that they're used by pirates as weights or during hand to hand combat. Really? Yeah, hmm. but it's so small. Well, yeah. It's, it's like, I'm going to hit you with my tiny knot. <laughs> it's called a monkey's fist. Yeah, I, yeah, that's that's what she had in the book, but when I looked it up, that's not exactly what it looked like. Really? On Wikipedia. Yeah. But you looked it up by the name? Yeah, I did. And it had I had lists of different knots and the one named monkey's hand hmm. did not look like that. Well, I could easily see, uh, since I have a martial arts background, I could easily see how something like that could be used as a so weapon. It was so tiny. Because it's a slight extension of the hand, or in Hook's case, of his hook. Um, and it's it's somewhat weighted, and because it's 
uh, flexible, it gives you an extra whipping power. That, that wasn't you could flexible. Hit someone with it. Well, it's rope. I mean, it's more flexible than no, a piece of stick. No, this one was so small, it wasn't flexible. I was curious it what it like was. It looked la- like a rattle. It wasn't like really a on baby yeah. rattle. the end of a longer rope, but I didn't know if it was supposed to be cut from something. I, I was a little confused as to how it got there, too. Yeah. I was like, okay, he's just carrying an knot around. Exactly. And then she's all like... Well, they're decorative as well, so he might have had it on his coat. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Who wears knots on their coat? But then she's all like, he came here on his boat. Well, of course, because... He walked in with a knot. I guess that means he must have brought his ship. I don't know how, the, how she. I guess well, she's I can just see how like she that. would connect that after reading, you know, Wikipedia about it. <laughs> yes. but, Is that what she did? <laughs> <laughs> after I read it, I can see why she would be like, "Oh, he came on his boat because he's carrying a knot from his boat." In our but, in our know. chat, Phoenix ninety three pointed out maybe he was just keeping himself busy with a piece of rope. Yeah, while but he was reading. Bell. He was reading. Maybe he was there for a long time and thought, nah, I already tied this knot. Might as well read something now. <laughs> oh, gosh, I might learn something, but I'm bored. When I looked it up, it looked like it looked like something you could sling. Like it had it had um, hmm. ropes. Like it, the bottom of it was not like a handle like you saw in the yeah. episode. It, it In the picture I saw, it... Actually, it looked like something you'd sling, yeah, kind of like a like a ball and chain, yeah. but with rope. I want to learn how to make one. Yeah, we well, should. Hey, Let's go take rope I, I could, classes. All right. <laughs> There's, there are instructions in the book that Bell looked up. So I could post those that screenshot in the show notes if anyone wants to try and make the monkey's fist from once upon a time and if there's enough <laughs> if there's enough interest we might be able to make those ourselves and, and sign them, them. People. and we could sign them and people could have them for a small donation <laughs> <laughs> okay. that can be your summer project okay thanks. my summer project is transitioning our forms uh hint <clears throat> anyway, well, Why? that was like a teaser. Oh. Because I want to make the website mobile friendly. I have another question. That, oh, he just like spoiled it. Why are there sandboxes on the dock? <laughs> yeah, I tried. I Literal tried looking boxes. that up too, and I couldn't find it. Why? Why put sandboxes on a dock? It, it could be <laughs> something like for putting out fires, for um, finding invisible well, ships. It's a small box to put out a fire on a wooden vessel it, with. Everything on the ship is it's, flammable. I think it might you also give them a have small something. Sandbox. They should have sandboxes in castles in fairy tale land. <laughs> I know. I, I think it also had something to do with maybe putting sand on your hands to dry off your hands so you can handle things or Ouch. carry things better. Hmm. Um, I would think chalk would like work a, better. It's kind of like maybe a chalk, but sand is a lot cheaper. Somebody call in and leave us a voicemail if you know the answer. Yeah, like a sailor. Anybody have any sailor friends? <laughs> tell them to call in, keep it clean, and tell us why why sand. And if that was really a monkey's hand, not. Well, at the same time as the storyline with Belle and Rumple and Hook is going on, also there's a storyline with Mary Margaret, David, Emma, and Henry. And the thing about wanting... A home. And this goes back to, I keep saying this, in the pilot episode, Mary Margaret was teaching her class about making a birdhouse, and she said, remember, you're making a home, not a cage. So it makes a lot of sense for her then to say this in uh, this episode. We could get our own place. You You want to move out? Whoa, it was just a suggestion. After 28 years, isn't this what we've all been waiting for, to be together under the same roof? Yes. 
I just imagined a bigger roof with turrets. <laughs> Being here in Storybrooke, we have a chance at a fresh start. Let's take it. I love that. First, they're doing the dishes. Snow White and Prince Charming are doing the dishes. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, the turrets line was great. <laughs> I, she misses her cat. I don't know why they wouldn't just all move into a bigger house. I think that's what she meant. But I don't really understand why Henry was drawing, like, blueprints for <laughs> when they moved out. Yeah. Like, it was kind of confusing. It was I think confusing. they all intend to move in together. Or in a bigger house. Or it could maybe. be a hint. Uh, Oncer, one of our listeners, suggested two things. What about the Nolan home? Although it's possible that maybe Catherine and Frederick moved into the Nolan home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you would think so. Depending on where Frederick lived. But also, Oncer thinks that maybe Snow is suggesting she wants to have more kids. Oh. If she I keeps don't... getting tired and needing naps, then I mean, yeah. that could happen. What? <laughs> Has she done that? Yes. She did. Did you watch the last episode? Yeah. The awkward moment of the last episode? They weren't actually napping, oh, Daniel. Shut up. I, I know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, it, she might be wanting more kids, which I was thinking about that recently, too. What if Snow and Charming have another kid? Would this be someone who has magic? Wow, too? the chat room know. is like, awkward. I hope not right now, because, frankly, I don't really care. I think mm. they've got enough on their plate. Uh, enough tacos on their plate. Um, <laughs> that was for you, chat room. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I mean, well, yeah, and I have more thoughts on... I liked the little domestic moment. I like the family moment. But I have more thoughts on that that we'll get to kind of as we get toward the end and some conversations okay. that were had there. Okay. Uh, I want to jump back for a second to the elevator. Mm-hmm. Because while they were talking on their flip phones, which I found funny and still <laughs> a little evidence that though maybe this is supposed to be a bit timeless, it's still technically set maybe a few years before present day. Yeah. But the the phone that really got my attention was the phone in the elevator. It was really old, like one of the first telephones. Hmm. It was like, you know, the kind where you pick up one piece and put it to your ear and talk into the base. And Well, the elevator itself being hand-operated from the outside, that's old. Right. If that's how that works. I guess that is how it works, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I forgot that. It's a bit that's steampunk why she didn't design. Go down. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think the design of that elevator, it doesn't match anything else. And I think maybe there's a bit of story behind it. Mm. Oh, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I don't know. If you're thinking what I'm thinking, you're thinking, then you're thinking (laughs) a good thought, I think. It feels Aussian to me. Yes. So I just think that's just a further hint that, well, as if the flying monkeys in the book and the pilot weren't (laughs) enough, that someday we'll start kind of getting into some Oz stuff, mm. which I think will be quite ah. fun. Well, I thought you were saying Aussie is in like Australian. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, how does that look Australian to you? <laughs> the old phone, all those levers. It's gotta be Australian. <laughs> Made in Australia. I thought you saw that. <laughs> the gun, the handgun that uh, Rumpel gave Bell was made in West Germany. 
The gin. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it says it on the gun. Whoa. I got a screenshot of wow. it. <laughs> awesome. By the way, speaking of the gun, why did she put it down so far away no, from her? She, oh, why? Because she probably should have stuck with her books, quite honestly. Yeah. I thought she was very daring. I was proud of her. Me too. But she does better with books. Hmm. She should have gotten back up before she went on the boat. And let's be honest. That wasn't too smart on her it part. It wasn't. She kind of redeemed herself with the whole oar and the head thing. But And who... Um, was it the ship bumping around on the dock that they heard when she told Archie to go? Yeah, that was so weird. It was like, I think there's someone up there. Archie, go up there. Go up there. Yeah, that, <laughs> I'll stay down here. That didn't quite fit for I me either. I was wondering why she would send, send him up there, even though there was one way off the boat. <laughs> well, I mean, there's lots that of ways of. off the boat, but... The only one, the only one would keep him dry, and you know, I don't, I don't know. Well, it was weird to me because I was thinking, why would yeah. you send him up there if there was somebody up there? Mm-hmm. I was well, maybe the idea that if that person comes down, then there's absolutely no escape. But if Archie could at least get out, then he could hide behind things. And true, like, I love out. that there's enough story to tell that they didn't need to keep Archie hidden on the boat for like five weeks. Mm-hmm dragging it out everybody thinks he's dead every blah 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 they just they did it one week he got away the next week that's good storytelling henry is so morbid in this episode he was like or dead i know i couldn't understand what they said on the phone either time that i saw it oh he he was was calling archie's um archie's office and he was getting his voicemail or his outgoing voice message yeah so that's why it was so emotional because he just he wanted to hear Archie's voice yeah. and then the thing Archie morbid. said I'm uh, unavailable and Henry says or dead. Oh, okay, that's what I I couldn't figure out how his comment fit because yeah. I couldn't understand the words. Yeah. yeah, just he was really sad and morbid. <laughs> I know. Ugh. Now I think that the whole the fighting scene between Bell and Hook just before that starts. <laughs> Hook refers to Bellfire almost maybe in a knowing way. Maybe, but I don't see how he's had opportunity. Well, let's, I think he's maybe just being mean. Yeah, it, that's that's totally possible or too. Or disdainful is maybe better. Yeah, here's what he said. I my uh, loyalty, Madame Rumpelstiltskin. I'm afraid you're fighting a lost cause. He needs that shawl to find his son. What makes you think his son wants to be found? Hmm? Doing that boy a favor. Yeah, that that could be taken either way. Mm-hmm. That either Hook knows Bay and knows that Bay doesn't want to be found, or that Hook is thinking, "I know Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpelstiltskin's a terrible guy. Who wants to be found by Rumpelstiltskin?" Right. Could easily go either way. Um, Now, backing up... Well, no, not not just yet. (laughs) But when we come to then, you know, the the fighting uh, scene... He's better with that cane than magic. Mm. He just... Every time something happens, he starts walloping someone or something with his cane, and it works for him. And they play the same (laughs) music in the background as they did when... Mr. Gold was yeah. beating uh, Mo French mm-hmm. in that, that little I noticed that, cabin. too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was great. I don't even remember what Hook said, but 
he Gold said, makes that rip face. my rip my heart out just like you did for uh, for Mila. <laughs> that face, <laughs> it's like he has to die. <laughs> surely you can. Surely you agree now. I found that funny too, but like <laughs> in a terrible time. Yeah. I know, but it made me laugh right in the middle. Of <laughs> I the know. It was I wonder great. if it made everybody laugh because it was just a funny <laughs> moment. But well, he was kind of being funny with it. No, I think it was totally serious, but we found it funny because it was kind of lighthearted. <laughs> but, and we'll we'll talk about this, well, we can talk about this now. <laughs> At this point, and even later, too, it just seems like Hook has this death wish that it seems like he wants to mess up Rumpel's life in some way and die. Yeah, I guess, yeah, he doesn't really care what happens to himself. Mm-hmm. He just wants it to somehow, yeah, he wants it to somehow mess up Rumpel's life. And, and there's a huge forum, several pages long now, over at onespodcast.com slash forums. I'll include a link to this in the show notes at onespodcast.com slash 74, where people are discussing, is Hook suicidal? And you can read all of those opinions over there. But uh, are they worried about him? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's they're they're concerned about why does he just want to die? Doesn't he want to see his revenge play out yeah. or I'm not sure. Is I he think s- he just wanted to die in a brave, taunting way. Yeah, go he out in a blaze faced, of flames. He's, he was like facing his enemy, so he just he didn't want to die without clinging to some form of like mm-hmm. masculinity maybe <laughs> i wonder if he actually even was banking on gold being a coward and not doing it he did that or he was he was um he knew that bell would not like it, it like maybe maybe he's maybe he um he decided maybe he saw that that if um rumpelstiltskin actually killed Captain Hook, mm-hmm. that um, Bell would no longer think well of him, so he's trying to take that away from mm-hmm. Rumpelstiltskin. He did kind of allude to that on the ship. He said something about, go ahead and kill me so that mm-hmm. she can see you haven't changed, or, or something like that. Yeah, and the only yeah. thing I'm really questioning is whether he really expected to die, or whether he wants to die or not. I think I think the last thing he wanted to do before he died was to take one more thing away from Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. And that's how he was doing it. Well, and we don't know if Hook is really dead at this point. Uh, he's probably still alive. Oh, right? Yeah i I think he's I think he's still alive. I think he's yeah. fine. He's yeah. fine. <laughs> he's just hit my car. Yeah, I mean, nuclear war would leave cockroaches and Twinkies if any are left, and <laughs> Captain Hook, and Captain Hook can't die. Maybe Smee. Smee's a rat. Cora. Well, that's just, why he can survive now. He's yeah, a rat. I'm just, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Cora, if I'm Emma, and I've just been through everything she's just been through, and dead Archie walks in my door, <laughs> I'm probably going to say, hi, you're Cora. Archie doesn't even know Cora, and you're talking about her. So let's have you prove that you're really Archie. Well... Archie did meet Cora in the ship, remember? Yeah, he did. But she, Emma, does not know that. 
Emma doesn't know Cora has ever been to Storybrooke. But Emma already did have many doubts that Regina actually committed the crime. True. So now there's this evidence of, wow, Archie really is alive. So it truly was a frame job, just like I suspected all along. Maybe Archie was just acting so much like Archie that she didn't have any reason to doubt that it was Archie. And Pongo. Don't forget Pongo. Oh, yeah, Pongo. Maybe. Yeah. I think I might have asked a question or two, but (laughs) maybe there just wasn't time for that. (laughs) Well, plus she can tell when people are lying. That's true. Mm -hmm. So all those factors going into play. Yeah, it's probably well. That's okay then. I'm really surprised that there hasn't been a bigger reaction to the fact that Hook and Cora are in Storybrooke. (laughs) No one has been like, "Wait, how did they get here?" Well, I did. I did um, notice that Emma reacted kind of like she was in shock to find that Cora was in Storybrooke. Like, did you catch the face she made whenever Archie actually said it? Mm -hmm. I think the shock was that Archie was alive. Well, double shock. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was both. (laughs) Oh, man. Double shock. We're in more trouble than I thought. (laughs) Yeah. And and we might see that come out more in the next episode because we didn't really get to see much more beyond this. Cora's got to be with Regina right now. Besides Archie's alive and besides Cora's here, she is thinking... It's too late. Now Regina's going to be mad, too, and said we're going to pay the price. Yeah. Either way. Oh, goodness. That's not going to be pretty. You know, it was kind of like right around this time, right before this part, going back to Charming and Snow, who call each other David and Mary Margaret, even though Mary Margaret is so much Mm. harder to say than Snow. (laughs) And Stranger. But anyway, (laughs) they're they're sitting there having the little, what if we don't want the same thing conversation. Mm Mm-hmm. That line just made me want Cora to show up right now. Just like, show up. Do not let us go down this road. Charming mm-hmm. and Snow having these little issues is not interesting. <laughs> I can't find a nicer way to say that. But I I mean, they just, they don't want to look for a while. I like all that. Let's Let's not... I don't know. It was starting to get a little too... Why would Snow not want to go back? Well, Snow has been back. She misses remember? her home, right? So she, saw, she misses turrets. She kind, of <laughs> made, she kind of said goodbye to her home. Mm-hmm. Remember several episodes ago uh, when they were trapped back there? She saw the castle, kind of said goodbye, and she knows ogres are back. And ogres are apparently just these terrible creatures that are... So uh, there's less of a the mess land. in Storybrooke. Than yeah. there is in mm-hmm. fairy tale land. And I, I think it goes back to what she said in the pilot episode, even though it was her Mary Margaret curse self. She's making a home, not a cage. But David has several times since the curse has been broken, he's been saying stuff like uh, expressing feelings of wanting to go back or how can we go back? How can we get back there? Is there a way back? Are you saying home, not a cage in reference to the uh, in, in reference to Storybrooke? being like a cage and she's seeing it as a home. Right. Exactly. I think, and that's coming back definitely. Yeah. And, uh, we talked about this in one of our previous initial reactions. And also now I remember that, um, Bill Meeks from greetings from Storybrooke brought this up in our once upon a time round table, uh, that we recorded a couple weeks ago that this idea of, it seems like people are starting to split that some people want to go back home and some people want to stay. What does that remind you of? 
Lost. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So we have to go back. We have to go back. <laughs> now, the only reason I... The only reason that line struck fear into my heart is because throughout season one, there was the whole seeming affair with Mary Margaret and David. And we got, you know, we got through all that and now they know who they are and now they're not separated. Now they're together. If they start having little, like if they start fighting all the time and separating themselves over minor well, that's life. Differences. Yeah. That's Should life. I believe that there's trouble in paradise? <laughs> I just, I guess, I don't know. It's a little soon, first of all, and second. It's, it's, I just don't. It's very I think consistent it's, with life, though. It it's is. always yes. something. Even if you're, even if you've gotten what you want most, there's always a new problem. That's yeah. true. I don't know. Now, I one of them. It's a little. Meh. For this show. Is it too realistic for you, Jeremy? I don't know what it is. It's just... Yeah. I think that one of them is going to change. So it might be Snow and she'll decide she does want to go back home. I don't think so. I think it will be charming that something will happen that he'll decide he wants to stay. Or one of them is going to die. Oh, don't say that. Oh, God. They don't want. They wanted... That. The producers wanted to kill... Prince Charming in the first episode. Are you serious? Yes. That can't They happen. originally wanted to kill him the first episode, but the producers said, you can't kill... I mean, the ABC said, you can't kill Prince Charming. Way to go. <laughs> Way to go, ABC. Good job. <laughs> so, uh, and someone tweeted us recently, once podcast on Twitter, if you want to follow us, tweeted us saying, uh, if you want Hook or so-and-so to still be on the show and not die, then tweet... Adam Horowitz and Eddie Kitsis and Jane Espenson. And I tweeted back saying, I want the show to go how they want it to go. Really. And that's the thing. I, I, in a sense, I don't want, in a very real sense, I don't want Once Upon a Time to go the way I would want it to go. You know what I want to see? What? I want to see Hook in a body cast. <laughs> I want to see him in the hospital, unable to move. With a little Hook cast. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I think I'm figuring out what, it is, what my objection is. If they if they kind of have this little this little issue, that's fine. If it kind of if it kind of moves along, mm-hmm. but if all season they go back and forth and they separate themselves after everything they've been through over where are we gonna live questions, if they actually like like split apart over it, that would be kind of that would be dumb. Mm-hmm. That would just be inconsistent yeah. with who they are, and I, I think that's that. what's bothering me. Like I'm going. Please don't let that be strong foreshadowing of what is to come. Just get Cora in here to mix it up. Let's let's distract them from these little issues. And <laughs> although Cora being in Storybrooke means that's one less thing that Snow has against Fairy Tale Land because she said the ogres are back and Cora is in power. The Queen Ogre. Yeah, I think <laughs> as I, think, I shall now call her. <laughs> I think Snow is just seeing Storybrooke as a vacation from so much you know, struggled from so many struggles because like for her whole life in um, fairy tale land, she has always had, you know, battle with something Mm -hmm. first. It started with losing her mother and then it was Regina and and Cora and, you know, just, it got so much worse from there. So I'm thinking she likes Storybrooke because there have been no battles there so far or no like big battles. Right. And she has Prince Charming there, so she's like, I'm, I'm good here. Mm-hmm. Let's just stay here and, you know, have a home mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. peaceful. Yeah. 
Well, um, somewhat related to that is this conversation that happened a little bit earlier when Leroy comes up as they're having the the funeral party. Funeral <laughs> party. party. Well, the food <laughs> after the funeral. Everyone's, it's like the reception <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Everyone's hanging out at Mary Is that what you call Martin's. them? I don't think so. What do you call those? Uh, the, the funeral party. Or paying respects <laughs> or gathering. With food. The way the Americans do it with food. But um, anyway, Leetwork comes up and says this. Dwarves have been thinking. We have to ask. When do we go back? Back? Where? The Enchanted Forest. Our home. You want to go back? We fought really hard to get here. Yeah. But with what Regina did to Archie, Storybrooke ain't as safe as we thought. We're going to find her. There's only so many places she can hide. We've dealt with her before. We'll do it again. But it's not just her. The curse is broken. There's a whole world full of people beyond the town line that don't know who or what we are. Ever think of what might happen if one of them were to come pay us a visit? He's right. What if they see, you know, magic? Like a girl turning into a wolf, for example? So what if one of those outsiders... Comes inside. It's about to get really messy. Uh (laughs) What if one of those outsiders sees a guy crouched over a woman on the ground with a fireball in his hand (laughs) and another guy with a hook hits his windshield? I think maybe that's what made him wreck. (laughs) Oh my gosh, what's happening? I'm going to run into that mossy rock over there because I'm in shock. So the outsider, and I know we still got to talk about Belle and her forgetting, but let's talk about the outsider for a moment, Um, who this person could be and what they might be here for. I think there are three main options, three main choices. Now, it could be Neil. It could be August. I doubt it's August. August can come and go and... Someone suggested maybe that's why he lost control of the cars because he's difficult to drive with wood. But he made he was, it all the way to the stinking town line. Yeah, he was driving fine up until seeing a person suddenly or in the road. Or was he? But he tried to put on the brakes and he got a knot in his leg. <laughs> or, or it was August and he was like, oh no, fire! Because <laughs> he's all wood now. <laughs> it's free now. And the, the, uh, the other thing I think it could be is someone completely different. I'm going with the third idea, that it's someone completely different. Somebody from Pennsylvania. You know what I thought when I saw the Pennsylvania license plate? What? I was thinking, oh, did Neil steal another car? (laughs) Could be. Because he's in New York, right? We got a bunch of feedback on this. Uh, Most of the feedback we got was related to Bell forgetting and related to this outsider. Um, Jeff sent in an email saying, I'm not sure why I thought of this, but at the end of the episode, they went to the license plate very specifically so we could see it. Is it significant? I don't know. I think it is. But I did notice it has the letters KFL in it. By the way, the full license plate is 2KFL138. Jeff continues, which instantly made me think of Kid for Life, KFL, and therefore Peter Pan. Is it plausible? Who knows? Just something I thought of. Interesting. We'll be glad to have the podcast back on schedule this week from Jeff. That would explain why he doesn't know how to drive properly. (laughs) It could be possible. I think this is one of those things like AWB, August Wayne Booth. People said AWB could mean a wooden boy. Well, it turned out the initials themselves were meaningless. And the a wooden boy thing was just 
something that, yeah, the fans kind of, it was coincidental. And Kid for Life, I, I replied to Jeff asking him whether he had actually heard that phrase, Kid for Life, somewhere related to Once Upon a Time, but he hasn't responded. But um, I, I don't remember hearing that in any actual relation to Peter Pan, like a phrase or anything like that. But uh, so I think that's somewhat coincidental. Um, Tim, also known as August W. Booth, wrote in saying uh, on the mystery car, sorry guys, but I can't, but I think the chances of it being Neil are slim. The car's license plates were from Pennsylvania, not New York, where we opened it in the beginning of the season with Neil. Granted, Neil could have gotten a rental car, or we'd say maybe he stole it. <laughs> Again, <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time. Yeah. And driven, but that is not the simplest explanation. However, no one is saying that Balefire is, or Peter Pan, or, let me try that again. However, no one is saying that Balefire or Peter Pan, or both, and one, as one has been suggested, could not be driving the car from Pennsylvania. Or does the person even know that Storybrooke exists? This brings up an important question, which I will close off my email with. If you were a newcomer to Storybrooke with no knowledge of this fantastic program, what would you think? If you got a chance to get transported to Storybrooke with your current knowledge, what would you do to aid or abet the storyline? As always, your querying companion, Tim, a.k.a. August W. Booth, whose name shall be used until he returns from being in wooden hibernation. (laughs) (laughs) Great question, August. Uh, Yeah, so what if this guy, I theorize that maybe Neil or possibly the stranger is someone who wants magic. But what if it is just someone who stumbles into Storybrooke, totally stranger, not knowing? Wait, say, there aren't too many strangers the out there stranger? who could already be like, there's a town, I can get magic, I'm going right now, I don't care what or who I run over, or how many mossy rocks I crash into, I am getting magic tonight. <laughs> Gotta get it. Gotta get it. <laughs> so it's either somebody who's lost, and they're just driving really fast. <gasps> what if it's, what if it's Jefferson? Jefferson, because he that never, is kind of his style. He never did have. <laughs> yeah, he's a crazy man. He um, was he ever cursed? Because he always had his memories, not, so he couldn't lose what he never had. Not cursed in that sense. His curse was to stay in his home for twenty eight years. Maybe with his so memories. Maybe he left. And the maybe he was like, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, or left. the curse is broken, and suddenly it shows up on GPS. Is Magic Kingdom. People are like, oh, like Storybrooke. I've never been there. <laughs> Let's go visit. Magic Kingdom. <laughs> A.K.A. Storybrooke. <laughs> oh, but they did um, show Rumpelstiltskin's um, license plate, and it said Vacation Land. Yeah, for um, <laughs> Massachusetts. Mass- Maine. No, Maine. Maine. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, when so maybe dog- somebody was coming for a vacation. I was like, oh my gosh, fire! (laughs) Well, Rumpel hit it, so I don't think they would have seen it. But um, Windog sent in this very astute email saying, Hey, Once Podcast, after watching the crazy ending to the most recent episode, I noticed something about the Pennsylvania license plate. Normally, license plates in Pennsylvania are ABC, number, 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 number. The plate shown on the car is 2KFL138, which is the California format number, 
ABC number, number, number. I'm wondering if this is an error on the show or if the license plate could have an alternate meaning. And in our forums at oncepodcast.com slash forums, there's a thread talking about um, what the license plate might mean. And some ideas were maybe it has something to do with take flight, like the 2KFL is in some way a meaning that uh, is sort of uh, means take flight. (laughs) And I'm not a big fan of getting too obscure or reaching too far. Well, in our chat, in our forum, Gypsy said uh, they know that 2KFL is part of a mathematical equation for fractions. Interesting. And there, there are all sorts of things, but one of the reasons they think it might have something to do with Peter Pan is because uh, there is one of the Peter Pan movies started production in 1938 and the take flight reference. I don't know. It, it seems a bit of a stretch to me, but I just found a flaw in my theory. <laughs> which, which theory and what's my the flaw? Jefferson theory? <laughs> oh. Cause he, he's got grace now. So why would he leave her? Yes, that's true. Because if grace crosses the line, she'll forget her daddy. Yeah. So what if he went somewhere else to get something? Why would he do that? He's mm. got everything he wants there in Storybook. Grace yeah, is so, in Storybook. So probably not Jefferson. Yeah. I think I agree with you there. Okay. Huh. I just blew a hole in my own theory. <laughs> so who else do you think it could be? Or what are your other thoughts about... Maybe, maybe it is Pinocchio. Is? Because he was all covered up. Yeah, wearing gloves. Yep. That's and some kind of suit jacket. That's about all we could get. Yeah. From I can't wait to see. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking it's someone completely different or Neil. Mm. Yeah. Neil. But whoever it is, I think they're coming to Storybrooke because they know what Storybrooke is. Somehow they know what Storybrooke is. They know they can now come in. And they know there's magic in Storybook, and they want magic. I don't like that theory. That's greedy, power greedy. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't know about wanting magic. I just what if think, they're just coming for a vacation? I think it's Neil, <laughs> and he's been waiting. I think if it's a stranger, they're just coming for a vacation. Like they're just curious. They're like, "Huh, let's go to Storybook." The only reason I question that theory is because of the whole outsiders conversation earlier what would happen if somebody just stumbled into town blah 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 yeah. well it did also seem like they were saying what happens if someone discovers magic here mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. starts using it or wanting well, it maybe yeah <laughs> cassia in the chat room saying he's just some guy that needed a gas station <laughs> 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 i want to i want to i want to think he's neil i want to think he's neil because he's hurrying to get back to emma maybe but why know. is he driving a Pennsylvanian car. Mm-hmm. That's what makes me think it's someone different. If it was Neil, I think it would be um, a New York car, or he would be coming by some other means because Neil walked to and from work. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing he might not have a car. TV comp freak in, is at, um, in the <laughs> chat room and he's offering, maybe he got lost. Because <laughs> yeah. he wasn't given directions. He just was given a postcard from a bird. <laughs> <laughs> just follow the bird. 
<laughs> like, I'll try Pennsylvania. Wait, not here. I'm going to steal a car. And Wait, maybe it's I'll not try Storybrooke, Maine. Pennsylvania. Even though the postcard clearly said Maine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so anything else about the the outsider before, I mean, that person before we talk about Belle? Nope. So we got several great emails in about Belle, but Belle's main mission is uh, to see Rumple or Gold become a good man, to, to find the good in him. And she said this in one of her conversations. Because I believe he's changed. Because his heart is true. How does she know that about him? She seems to be able to see the good in people and tries to bring it out. And even Mr. Gold said that if it wasn't for Belle, that he would be lost. Not just the shawl, but he did say, I would be lost. So in a very real sense, Belle is saving him, Mm -hmm. keeping him from becoming that, uh, the dark one. She didn't know him before he was the dark one, though. I wonder if she would have liked him before he was the dark one. I don't know. But I think his mission to find his son has made him a bit less of a coward, not completely less, because he did admit to Belle that he's a coward, and magic is his crutch because he's a coward. Yeah, but admitting you're a coward is always the first step to overcoming it. Yeah. (laughs) We got an email in from Mickey saying, Hey guys, I just wanted to put my two cents in what I hope to see from Rumpel and Belle in the coming episodes. When I first heard that Belle would return for the season one finale, I was excited to see how Rumpel would react. Having Belle suddenly get her memories back was actually a disappointment for this Rumbell fan. While I was surprised and initially upset at the outcome of The ups, the Outsider, I think we will get to see Rumpel as I and other fans wanted to see in this first place. To clarify, we are going to see Rumpel have to make Belle fall in love with him again. In season two, Rumpel has been... <laughs> Rumpel has been lucky enough to have this woman accept and love him because she's always seen the good in him. Now, not only do we get to see who Storybrooke Belle is, but how Rumpel will handle it. I'm betting he will succeed in making her fall in love with him and true love's kiss will break her memory curse. If that does happen, that also kind of sucks for Sneezy. (laughs) Who is Sneezy's true love? A tissue. No, wait. <laughs> I think I think that um the fairy dust kind of works in 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 place of a kiss. But not um, on curses. Yeah, maybe. because remember Prince Philip was cursed and nobody had to kiss him. Yeah. But Rumple said You're right. Maybe they shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Rumple said to Hook, you that what Hook had done cannot be undone. He can't undo it. He doesn't know about fairy dust because right. he. I think, I mean, I think that's not even an option in in his head. He doesn't. He he has no methods him himself for undoing what just happened to Belle. Hmm. So I think I think the day he figures out that he's going to have to go to the fairies for help with Belle is going to be a very humbling day for him. Yeah, yeah, I. I could see that happening. I could also see the having to earn her trust and love back. But as 
I love Neiman Marcus, who is a guy, by the way. Uh, thank you for clarifying that. It said um, He sent in a long email that basically points out that Belle's only storybook memories seem to be of her being in an asylum for 28 years. She might have some other fake memories beyond that. But that's of the ma- people she killed. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> that's the majority of her memory, uh, what she remembers, being in a cell for 28 years. Well, they didn't really experience it as 28 years, necessarily. Yeah, time was kind of... They the... experienced it as all they'd ever known. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so... Like, they had years of memory. Like, right. years, years, and years... Right, like a whole life. Yeah. Yeah. It, whole lifetime memories. Well, also keep in mind, as um, I Love Neiman Marcus points out, <laughs> that Bell had to be shown modern technology things or described modern things like pancakes, <laughs> syrup, hamburgers. Because Ketchup. she now remember- yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. She isn't both. She was just Bell. Well, she didn't really have much. Right. All that she has outside of her enchanted forest memories are a cell. I wonder how long Hmm. she, like, I wonder how they took care of her in that cell. (laughs) Did she just sit there and get dirty (laughs) every day? Yeah, when you look at her hair in the finale episode of season two, not in the premiere of season one. You would think she would look dirtier, though. Regina's tower was better for her. (laughs) Yeah, there she had a a nice blue dress on. She looked More really space. clean. Yeah. Um, Kevin sent in an email suggesting something else. And he says, I have a pretty stupid theory about what will happen between Rumpel and Belle. After Sunday's episode, I believe Rumpel is going to look for Bay, but realize that he's gone, either dead or not in this land, and he's going to give up and cross the border on his own erasing his memories of his old life since Belle lost hers and he can no longer have anything and since and he no longer has anything to live for from Kevin. I don't think it's completely a stupid theory. I could see that potentially happening actually. Yeah, maybe not in like one week, but maybe it's something that Rumble does in order to uh, get Bell. Well, if the back. guy, if they need to get rid of the guy who plays Rumpelstiltskin, that's the way to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which that would be sad because he's a good character. He's a now, good actor. Now, just to clarify, uh, Rumpel does have something to lose because he has storybook memories. Very few people don't have storybook memories. Uh, the only people who were cursed that seem to not have storybook memories that have been their fairy tale selves them whole this whole time seem to be just Regina and Jefferson. Even Rumple was cursed and didn't remember anything until Emma showed up. Mm-hmm. That's when he started using please. That's when there were started being these little hints that he knew about the curse and new things was after Emma showed up. But up until then, Regina had no reason to ever suspect that he knew. And, um, the whole thing about his writing Emma, 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 Emma on the paper and wanting to make sure it stuck stuck makes sense because that's how he was awoken when Emma came to town. So he does have something to lose. He'll turn back into his 
storybrook self of being this rent keeper landlord owning mm-hmm. the town yeah. selling antiques or whatever he does at his shop as regina pointed out it's kind of boring which he might choose to go back to that if it means either uh getting another chance at winning bell or forgetting bell that would make him useless to everybody <laughs> which I mean, that could be a major plot line that he does make himself useless and you know what we do Take with some... things that have no use. <laughs> <laughs> we throw them away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's pretty much it that I had for this episode and the feedback that we were able to include here. Anything else, guys, about this? We've had some great conversation here, but anything else that you'd like to add? I've got nothing. No. We got a great email a link in from steven from the steveston village podcast that he sent over a link to moviemaps.org and i'll have the specific link to this but it's a place where you can see little pins on google maps and scene references from once upon a time so you can see where each scene was filmed and they'll show you the real picture of the place and then the storybook pictures of the places or in some cases actually some of the fairy tale land Uh, pictures of some of these places around steveston and vancouver and all of that so it's really neat really fun behind the scenes look at that and really appreciate that help from steven at the steveston village podcast so i'll have a link to both his podcast about steveston where storybrook is filmed and a link to this movie maps site that you can check out in the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash 74 we will have some spoilers after the podcast ends again from hunter hathaway we really appreciate her help with those now there is going to be an upcoming short break for once upon a time on january 27th there will be no episode of once upon a time and i'm just now thinking that's super bowl weekend isn't it is it yay super bowl commercials (laughs) It'd be awesome if Once Upon a Time had... feels like that happened uh, about three months ago. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, not yet. But um, so there won't be an episode that's not Super Bowl. Super Bowl Bowl is February 3rd. Oh, and there is Once Upon a Time on February 3rd. Uh, So our our sources on that might be a little mixed up. (laughs) um, But that's what I'm hearing so far, and I'm trying to confirm that. But uh, we'll see. So there is an upcoming break. It's just a short break. Most likely we're going to skip that week, though, because um, mm-hmm. I I have something to do on that Wednesday. So we'll be skipping the Ramen Noodle and Once Podcast on January 30th. But if there is an episode of Once Upon a Time on the 27th, we'll still do our normal episodes, but we might adjust the schedule just a little bit for that week. But keep following us on Twitter at Once Podcast. In order to keep up with those updates and also, of course, watch the website at oncepodcast.com and keep an eye and ear on the other Once Upon a Time podcast, which you can see and subscribe to by going to oncepodcast.com slash more podcasts and check those out and see what they have to say about this episode and all of the other episodes about Once Upon a Time. And uh, be sure that you check out the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 74 to get these links that we mentioned. And I want to give a shout out to a few people who have less, left some nice reviews for us in iTunes. DJ Vic Vargo and KBIS721 left some nice reviews for us in iTunes. Thank you very much. We really appreciate that. It encourages us 
and it helps other people find our podcast as well. The more people who leave reviews, the more visible it becomes to other people as they search for Once Upon a Time. So we really appreciate that. If you haven't left a review yet, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash iTunes and leave a rating and written review. If you have left a review for us, then something else you could do that would really help is go to oncepodcast.com slash iTunes and sort the reviews by date and then mark the nice reviews as helpful. And then that also helps too. So it helps bump up popular reviews and helps bump that up so other people can find that too and see what other people say and like about Once Upon a Time and about our podcast. So thank you so much for those reviews and thank you everyone else who's left reviews up to this point. You can send us your feedback on the next episode of Once Upon a Time, and we'll have some spoilers about it after the music break, by emailing feedback at oncepodcast.com or keep this number on your phone. As someone recently texted or emailed to say, I've made this phone number a contact on my phone, so now I can call (laughs) you very easily. And go ahead and do that. It's our feedback number for all of the Noodle Mix Network podcasts. It's 903-231-231. 2221. Feel free to pick up that phone right after you watch the new episode this Sunday and call us, tell us what you thought of the episode or what your theories are and such. And you can also go to oncepodcast.com and click on the send a voice message link to record a message from your computer or share your thoughts and theories and opinions of any episode of Once Upon a Time over at oncepodcast.com slash forums. We've got such active forums over there. So many awesome people chatting about once upon a time it is a great group and i'm sure you'll find a home there and find someone else that will love your theories and have extra things to add to it as well so please send your feedback in and we'll do our live initial reactions this sunday at 9 15 eastern standard time that's gmt minus five but join us An hour before that, as Once Upon a Time is airing, so you can join our live chat room if you're watching in Eastern or Central Time and chat with us and other Oncers as we watch the episode together. Unfortunately, we can't do the picture-in-picture thing yet, like Simul TV offers, but someday we'll be able to do that. But you can join us in the chat room and chat with us as the episode is going on. And that is at oncepodcast.com slash live. And I think that's it for the announcements here at the end of the episode. Big thank you, by the way, again, for voting for us in the podcast awards. We didn't win in the entertainment category or our comedy podcast, The Ramen Noodle, in the comedy podcast. But the podcast I host that teaches you how to podcast as well as how to use Audacity at theaudacitypodcast.com did win the as the number one tech podcast for 2012 from the awards. So thank you so much for voting for us. I know that that award was uh, in big part to the work that you, our Once Upon a Time listeners, has uh, have also done to help support us. So thank you so much for those votes. And we look forward to the podcast awards in 2013. So once again, send us your feedback. We're finished talking about The Outsider for now on our podcast, but you're welcome to still chat in the forums about it and send us your feedback about upcoming episodes and upcoming theories. Again, that is email feedback at oncepodcast.com or call 903-231-2221 or you can go to oncepodcast.com and click on the send a voice message link. Please follow each of us on Twitter. You can follow the show on Twitter at oncepodcast 
And I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me at twitter.com slash fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And I'm Jenny, and you can follow me at twitter.com slash Jenny Snook. Get the links and images that we mentioned at onespodcast.com slash 74, and subscribe there if you're not already subscribed. So until next time, remember, if you see a dark car driving in a dark night, just jump out of the way and avoid mossy rocks. Thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our sponsors for this week's episode of Once Podcast, especially to Simul TV. Check them out at oncepodcast.com slash S-I-M-U-L-T-V, Simul TV for the next evolution in entertainment. And if you'd like to be a sponsor and like a co-producer with us of an episode, please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. And now for spoilers with Hunter. Hi, Hunter Hathaway here, and it's spoiler time for the Once Podcast. Season 2, Episode 12, in the Name of the Brother, is written by Milan Shevlov and written by Jane Epsonson. Dr. Whale has to mend Hook's injuries and operates on the stranger who crashes into Storybrooke. But did this stranger see magic? And if he did, will he expose the town? Some of the townspeople think it would be better if they just let him die. Mr. Gold now must try to reunite with Belle, who does not know who he is. She freaks out when he gives her a kiss in the hospital. Cora and Mr. Gold make some sort of deal, and Cora tries to redeem herself to Regina. In past fairy tale time, Victor Frankenstein is determined to prove to his father he can bring people back from the dead. David Andrews is back as Dr. Whale, Ethan Embry makes his Once Upon a Time premiere as The Stranger, and Chad Michael Collins stars as Gerhardt, Dr. Whale's, or Victor's, brother. In casting news, unlike what I thought last week, Rena Sofer has been cast as Snow White's mother. Sofer has been in General Hospital, Bones, and NCIS. The title for episode 16 has been announced, and it's entitled The Miller's Daughter. Thanks for listening this week. If you'd like, you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash bit of pixie dust. Have a great week and enjoy the episode! Welcome back to another episode of One's Podcast, the podcast about ABC's TV show Once Upon. You know, let me start. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that. Leave it.